Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it's really windy in Fleetwood, and far, far less often, you come from behind on the road. But we have a match that fits that category, also the windy thing, to talk about this week on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeremy Paternostro. I'm in a really good mood this week, um, not just because Wednesday came back on the road for the first time since February 2016, but the last few weeks I've sort of been mulling over what the best uh, drink setup is for the podcast. Now, many people, including probably some on this show, would say, Jeffrey, just have a drink, then when you're done, have another drink, which is generally what we do over the course of a show. But I've, uh, I'm trying out a uh, cocktail from the Dead Rabbit Grocery and Grog in Lower Manhattan called Billy Dawson's Punch. I think it's named after like a 19th century boxer. Uh, it's a mix of rum, cognac, lemon sherbet, lemon juice, but also has porter in it. Calls for exactly one ounce of porter. It's quite a nice cocktail. There's a lot, a lot going on, very complex. But after I'm done making the cocktail, I'm left with 15 ounces of porter. <laughs> so I'm all set for the show. And we'll just get right to the rest of the introductions. In New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Evening, Jeff. I feel like our cocktails are getting more and more um, complex uh, as we head towards OAOA. This is kind of like you want some kind of cocktail tour mm. uh, before you get to New York. Because Dead Rabbit is a New York cocktail bar, right? It is. We might end up there uh, Friday afternoon. We might indeed to uh, start the weekend as uh, strong as possible. Um, I am drinking today, Jeffrey, uh, another industrial arts, the lighter version of the uh, one I had last week. It's the Pocket Wrench. Mm-hmm. It's a hazy pale ale, 4.5%, um, a little uh, less alcohol than the last week's one, but uh, just as nice. I should add that the porter that I will be drinking and that is in the cocktail is the uh, one of my favorites, Stranger Than Fiction from Collective Arts in Canada. Also on the line, we'll go all the way out west. It's Mike LaRue in our Cascadia. Oh, Mike, what are you drinking? As usual, I've pulled up another cider. This is from the Incline Cider Company. It is their blood orange cider, which I really like. Got a lot of flavor to it. 6.5%. That's good stuff. Nice to see you guys. See you, Mike. Also very nice to see him. Heading back east, South Carolina. It's Tommy Byrne. Tommy, what are you drinking? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. I have a... uh... Uh, a spiced winter ale. It's a cold mountain from Highland Brewing out of Asheville. Um, it is a, a limited run that they do every Christmas time, and I hoard it like a dragon. <laughs> and I am just finishing off my last bottle tonight. How cold does it actually get in Asheville to eat a spiced winter ale? I guess they're up in the mountains. Oh, very. I mean, I mean, this is also drinking in South Carolina. It's not that cold at the moment, right, Tommy? No, it's 81 today. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, so, for the show, we have the Doncaster Review. We don't have a Fleetwood Town Review because it was very windy. Whatever the Wednesday news. And once again, two previews. We're, we're going we're gonna to press our luck and preview two games. At least one of them will probably happen. We have Charlton Athletic and Burton Albion. It's like the 17th time we've previewed Burton Albion. But we will start with the Doncaster Review and plenty of thumbs up to be had. But a name we have not heard in the positive context too often, Patty Jones. Your thumbs up is Saito Berahino. Yeah, I mean, I've got to give him his dues, right? He's had a lot of stick. He's been pretty shit for most of his time here so far. 
Um, but bold move by Darren Moore, bringing uh, him on for a full second half. Uh, it needed to happen. I didn't think um, uh, the initial strike force did very well. Uh, bringing on Pato and Berahino, and he changed the game, in my opinion. Uh, I think we were playing pretty well, um, despite the penalty giveaway. But him linking up well on the left-hand side with Marvin Johnson, especially for the, uh, the third goal. Uh, but overall, his build-up play was very good. He took his goal fantastically, I thought. Uh, nice little kind of control in the just on the edge of the six-yard box. That's a true. That's like the perfect striker's first touch, just to put it in the exact space where you where you want it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it was just a great finish, and I'm hoping now with that kind of uh, emphatic finish that he had that this kind of, can kick on, uh, and he can um, he can come back and maybe go on a scoring run and keep us uh, keep us going. That wasn't but, even yeah. the nicest movie, like the back heel to link in for the second that, goal was that, that, that absolutely flick, ludicrous. No, the, the third goal, yeah, third the, goal, the yeah. flick, yeah, the flick on the third goal. Marvin Johnson even looked surprised, like he was looking <laughs> for something else, and he had to go catch it. That was fantastic. That was a beautiful. You don't see that in League One. No, you can't. Awesome. You can't teach that. That's just pure uh, soccer nous, as they say. So he's been working hard on the on the training pitch. He said he's been putting the hours in, and I think a lot of the uh, response from the players uh, was kind of indicative of how much they kind of want him to do well at the club. Like everyone was like jumping on him and kind of like saying "Go on, Sido" and that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's good. It's good to see a good team spirit and good to see um, him get on the score sheet. Yeah, and it's you know. Um there's probably going to be a ramp up for fitness and he had, he's shown it certainly in flashes, but he hasn't gotten regular run out in the squad. Like, you know, we've seen this before when, you know, players that I think this is true of uh, Mendez Lang for a bit, his first, you know, two or three games in the squad, he wasn't quite, you know, he hadn't gelled. He hadn't uh, really, you know, figure out how to work, get gotten up to match fitness or figure out how he wanted to, sort of integrate into the squad and since then it's been all gravy and you you know you can get that out of Berahino the rest of the way and it sounds like Lee Gregory's going to be out a little bit longer uh, at least a few more weeks and a lot of matches in the next few weeks you know anything get out of Berahino at this point is just uh, sorely needed along those lines Mike you want to shout out the uh, overall depth and the halftime subs yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that I, I think for as a matter of fact, um, if I recall, Patterson was uh, uh, Patty's thumbs down last week, and this week he he turned in a goal. But I just think overall we have we're missing some stars, but I think Wednesday's depth right now is uh, I hate to say good, but it's adequate, and I think it's it's, it's not it was not the league. strongest bench in the world. But when you have that many no, players out, and you still have players like Patterson, if anything, and Berahino, if and anything, Gibson, even if on anything, the bench, it's, yeah. right. If anything, it's just the consistency of of who we put out there. So, for example, these strikers, this the, these starting strikers this week, less than less than par, and I can see let's see we're going to talk about that shortly. But that Moore could go ahead and make two substitutions at halftime, both in the strike force. And they both turned out great. It's fantastic. Now, maybe Barahino has a bad game next time, but I think I, ju- I think it's going to be okay. And I think we do have a lot of depth for League One. So I feel pretty good about this. Well, like we need to do, right? Because the amount of injuries we have. So, I mean, we bought so many defenders and forwards uh, at the beginning of the season, and we've needed every single one of them uh, because of all the amount of injuries we've got. I mean, what? We've got Jordan Story at the back. He was a player of the match. Um, I think he was a man of the match, wasn't he? Um, the team of the week as well. So, like, no one thought we'd be starting someone called Jordan Story at the beginning of the season. We didn't have him on the book. So, 
it's just cons- consistently turning over uh, the the kind of churn both in midfield and strikers and defenders. Right. I think uh, at probably the beginning of the season, we were very excited about like Adanaran and Shadipo, who you know are currently out right now right. with injury. So yeah. And then we've got some consistency now with uh, Baez, Bannon, and uh, Longo. And if you can keep that, I think that is the most essential right. thing for us right now in this playoff push is that, that midfield three. We've, we've yeah. proven we can put pretty much anyone in the, in the center back three. <laughs> so it's fine. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I was a little, I wasn't surprised that Moore wanted to change up the attacking look at halftime. I was a little surprised it was like for like when I saw that Barahino and Patterson were coming on. I figured they might you know, take a uh, hunt off or something and like shift around the back line and play more of like a four, three, three, or, or maybe you have Patterson, you know, slot in behind, you know, like a, a Barahino and uh, so kind of set up, but he just, he pretty much played the same way. And like, like it was not a good first half of football overall um, from for either side. Really. I thought Wednesday were probably a little hard done to go in down a goal at the half, but they certainly didn't offer much, uh, or offer enough going forward at least. Right. But he just basically said, no, we're just going to do a like-for-like sub and hopefully get a little more out of it. And they did. And uh, that, again, with this schedule, they were supposed to, without the weather, supposed to have that 10 games in five weeks. And maybe there just isn't training time to, to mix up the lineup. And it's like, we're doing three, five, two, and everyone knows their role and we got to stick with that. So, don't know. Tommy, your thumbs up is the... Uh, <laughs> Second half comeback, and if if you didn't know, uh, it's first time in six years. Uh, I didn't see that anywhere on Twitter, but it's just a, just a little little fun fact for you is that it's the first time it's happened in six years. Yeah, I was uh, I was shocked because uh, we are not a second half club. <laughs> we are not. So uh, I was, uh, you know, I I make my jokes on Twitter about how, you know, we want one, and then we're gonna need two, and then we're gonna need three, and. Uh, when it just happened, bang, 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 right after I was uh, I'm at work and I was the, my phone was going off like crazy. <laughs> I was I was jumping up and down. I was alone in my office, but uh, 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 so I'm jumping up and down like a lunatic and uh, just just absolutely shocked that we came back. And it seems like it's quite possibly that we are finally fit enough to run 90 minutes. <laughs> I think that's I th- a good point, certainly. I Fitness. think the thing for me specifically is we all wanted a response coming off the Rotherham game. And on some level, the ideal response would be just go dominate Doncaster Rovers. Um, but I think the fact that they were able to, you know, like in my first instinct was it wasn't a pen, but on replay, it was a pen. Um, you know, they won the ball, but then the I, I remember who was actually crossing. I think Luongo won the ball, and then Byers took out the this crossing player. Which, yeah, fine, fair enough. But I, I'm thinking about that. And I'm thinking about the first half. It just feels like a game that peters out. But that was the real response, right? The second half, the changes they made. That's the response you want to see, and that's the team that, again, the team that they should be able to put to the sword, even down a goal. And the fact they were able to do it, and they didn't really make radical changes, you, you know, more swapped out the strikers. They kept playing the way they wanted to play. They finished a little cleaner. There was some, certainly some moments of individual brilliance and, and team brilliance as well. And on we go. 
I'd also want to point out the highlight of that moment was that we had a collision of two of our own players and they actually both finished the game. That's <laughs> very, that's very on Wednesday. <laughs> Fitness progression. It would be extremely Wednesday for Byers and Luongo to collide and both injure themselves. <laughs> you said it, not me, but yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's what I was thinking when I saw that 10. Uh, One thing that I'm happy about is that we went down a goal even after losing the previous match and they didn't just hang their heads and give up because we've seen that happen before. And and I think this is a a huge turning point in the season after a big loss, turning around and coming back from a goal down and putting three in the, in the, in the back of the net for, for, for the second half. I mean, it was, uh, I was, I was very excited and I could feel the energy through FOP mob. Because well, the, the, the signs are all there, though. I mean, it's not just the so there's a penalty went against us, which at the time was a little soft, but like, I agree with you, Jeff, too. It was a penalty. We lost to Rodham after we thought we were uh, the better in that game. And then we go 1 1 and miss a penalty to go 2 1 up. So there's yeah. omens. So, so much Sheffield Wednesday was Very typical Wednesday moments so. throughout the entire thing. And then you look at like, oh, they've yeah. won they've won four games in a row, but then if they lose 1 0, they haven't also scored from open play in like five hours so it's funny because they scored a penalty uh in their last win for win one now so then they just score against them it would have been like three games without scoring from open play so it's funny how these things can flip very quickly based on you know little circumstances like that uh my thumbs up and you know as much as we may have uh tagged barry hina with the thumbs down this year we've said a lot of mean things about barry bannon and he was incredible in this game outside of the missed penalty it just absolutely what you'd expect from league one bossing the midfield hollywood balls down the channel his actual run for the third goal i know this this has been pointed out on twitter if you look at where he starts when the flick on and he's not even running at that point he's like at a slow jog Uh, i think patterson is much further forward and i mean you know beating patterson for pace over half the field is not that impressive but uh the run he makes the finish and just the this has been for a few games now. I don't know. I don't know if there's something that's changed. He's much more uh, emotive, a leader on the field. You know, Riley. His response after the second goal, and certainly after his third goal, uh, just to the to the home fans at that end. Just you know, it's it's more. You know, it's what you want out of your captain, right? It's it's a lot less of the kind of like complaining and shouting for the ball, and just more like, come on, let's go, kind of stuff. Yeah, and he's starting to have that influence over the rest right. of the team, isn't he? And, and, and it's, it's about time. I think he's realised that uh, we've been we've fucked things up too much now. There's not there's not enough time to fuck mm. things up. We've got what 14 games left, I think. Yeah. Um, and we can't continue being the kind of oh we played well but drew or lost team. He's, and it's all there. To... They're you know uh, yeah. they're even on points for the playoffs. They're I think a point out of fifth, four behind Oxford with two games in hand. Just. You just gotta go and take care of business. And he's he was the one that's like yeah. half which drove us to a win. Even after the penalty miss, uh, uh, like I say any other day we could put heads down and finish that one-one. I even lost the game, but even after that penalty miss, he drove that team forward. And when Berahino scored, he celebrated more than Berahino did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, they uh, to switch the thumbs down though, uh, Tommy. They probably do need to get him off penalties. <laughs> 
I a hundred percent. And they have, they have yeah, six, why I, you know, I know none of the strikers are healthy, but they have like seven strikers. His leadership while he was uh, in open play, he needs to show that leadership and hand the ball over to somebody who is more on form from the spot. You know, one of the one of the greatest things you can have about a leader is a guy who who knows his limitations. And right now, Barry is not. He's not. He can't hit from the spot. He's not. He he doesn't have it. So he's got to give it up. And that's it's, that's I mean, the sign it, of a leader. It took us five years to get him uh, both corner kicks, though, Tommy. It's going to take another five years to get off penalties, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, well, somebody's got to tell him. All right, knock it off. <laughs> and I get that's like the double-edged sword of being a leader, right? Because you also you want you want your captain, especially you know whatever. I don't want Tom Lee's on penalties, but you want your captain if he's like an attacking player to to, to want the ball in that spot. But you also I can't think of the last time uh, I felt super confident about any Wednesday player taking a penalty. <laughs> well, that is any team any confident about? Uh, sure, but they've taken. never had like a person. Where, they, they never, knew you was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Good point. Yeah, was a good yeah penalty record was really good. I think he just had the one against Fulham. He didn't make. Uh, but outside of that, but also when they don't get a lot of penalties, so that's the main problem. <laughs> we never win penalties, so it's, I mean, it's a lot of injuries, a, so you can't yes. consistent kind of. Uh, it's hard striker. to have a strong. Uh, feeling about penalty takers when you do, take like four a year. So, who would you? So, a good question actually. Who would you in that I think, moment? So, I think uh, in that, I, I like I don't know enough about Barry Hino. Um, <sighs> it's not a lot of choice. I'd no. probably give it to Patterson. Yeah, I mean, weird, you, know, you kind of you, you you kind of think about the swagger and who's got real swagger and who's wants to have swagger. And yeah, I would go to Barry Hino or Patterson, but. I don't trust either of them right now either. I would. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Like, I don't know who's like. Maybe George Byers is really good on pens in practice. I don't know. Like, you, that's one of those things you're not really necessarily, I think, privy to. Like, who the best penalty taker on the team is? I give it Marvin Johnson. He's got a right yeah. sweet left foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pass it into that top corner. Mm. But yeah, he's just not seen enough. I think you have to have some kind of uh, Maybe Bailey test. Peacock Farrell. Who knows? Just like the Kevin Pressman. <laughs> <We'll> whip him <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, you have Lambert to have a gravitas, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Um, speaking of Marvin Johnson, we haven't really talked about Marvin Johnson. Obviously, he had another excellent game. Uh, certainly better in the second half than the first half, although that's true of the entire team. Uh, I, I see Wednesday Twitter trying to make Neymar of a thing. <laughs> so I just want to say Marcelo is right there. It's an so actual many. left back. Oh. An actual left back. <laughs> yeah. Marcelo, I mean, Magic Johnson is also the one that I... Magic is good, yeah. Magic Johnson, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's deserved of all of them. I just he's don't think Neymar doesn't do it for me. Neymar plays... Doesn't, a, okay. Yeah, I'm not a big... It's hard it. when the guy's still around. You, know, you kind of want to dip into history. I mean, Marcelo still is, too. He's like only 33 <laughs> somehow. He's like the that same age true. as Marvin Johnson. <laughs> Yeah. He's a good player. He's got the kind of flashiness that you want to be silly yeah. about. I mean, yes. But the reason why Neymar's popular is because it's a silly, silly, yeah, silly yeah, comparison. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting. I tweeted out over the weekend that, yeah, he's, it's what we wanted from, uh, I already forgot his name, uh, Kadeem Harris. It's what we wanted Kadeem Harris to be. And yeah. Marvin Johnson so much delivering. The, was it the, yeah, it was the first goal. I, the, the, Marvin Johnson, his ability to create crossing space when you think that the cross should easily be closed down is really incredible. And I think part of that, Patty mentioned this last week, like he doesn't have to like really wind up at all. He can just ping it with 
you give him a little bit of space, he just takes it back a little into space and there's just ping. Almost from any angle too. Yeah. Sometimes he knocks it, I think, too far. And I thought, how are you going to get that? And then, boom, straight into the box every time. It's, it's bizarre. It's great talent he's got. Uh, and sometimes I think he takes too too much of a touch yeah. and still gets crossing. So I'm, I've just stopped doubting him now. He's going to get, get the ball into the box every single time. It's really a shame he had to play center back for like a third of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we to like him though. Hmm. Uh, sticking with that, uh, the general theme, uh, Mike sums down, is it okay to talk about penalty kicks? <laughs> oh, I think we just, we just covered mm. it, but I, at the beginning of the, you know, back in September, October, I really was convinced that this season is going to come down to playoffs versus Plymouth, but now I'm just convinced it's going to come down to a PK shootout and we're not going to be ready for it. So I don't know what to do about that, but, oh God, um, I know, but that well, is the ether. Mm. again, it's just, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do about that. Just win the game in 90 yes. minutes. Thank you. Okay. Patty's thumb down. Uh, someone has often been in the thumbs down section of this <laughs> podcast. And certainly Patty's uh, general milieu is Florian Camberry. I'm just going to keep talking about Florian Camberry every week um, <laughs> because he's having an absolute shocker. <laughs> Uh, like we 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 abbreviated Marvin Johnson's name to Marjo. I'm gonna call him Flocker, Flocker Shocker, because <laughs> uh, that was another awful first half of football from him. He, he feels like he's won a competition. He can't control the ball, um, and we need someone that's better than him at the moment. Um, he really is as bad now as my Scottish friends were telling me when we signed him. Uh, I think he had maybe a good spurt when he scored a few goals. I still think he works his socks off. I'll still say that again. Uh, but um, great substitution of Mars bringing him off. Yeah, this, this is one of those matches where you think if he's going to thrive, it's going to thrive against Doncaster, right? That's uh, <laughs> you would think. And sticks. It's like a cat with a bowl of like wool. It just kind of like pulls it around and stuff. The ball mm. just kind of pings off him in different places. Along those lines, my thumb, thumbs down is uh, Siliso's finishing because he had a couple. It, as far as Wednesday for having opportunities in the first half, like the overhead kick is whatever. I don't know. But he had some chances to get the the ball on frame and didn't really do it. And I've been impressed with him in spurts. And realistically, with Gregory out for a few more weeks and uh, Nathaniel Mendes laying out for who knows how long, like and the just the the fix the crowded nature of the fixture schedule, they're gonna need all four of their strikers to offer them something at this point. And I I've I've liked so in in short bursts here and there. He might be better off on like a, I don't know if he's great in sort of like a, a two up top. I mean he probably will be fine in a two up top. It's just he needs someone other than Florian Camberry um, to get give him service to run onto, but. Uh, he did not have a good first half, basically, is what it comes down to. And I feel like all of these are going to be kind of, you know, showcases for the next game. And you got to play the hot hand here and go with Berahino and Patterson, I think, at the weekend. I think I think you got to. Um, uh, maybe Patterson, again, will also have a, a kind of confidence boost and, and to be a bit more kind of uh, that, that striker we need to hold the ball up and the strong kind of batting ram up front. Uh, maybe Berahino is a good foil for him too, so we'll see if that, that partnership works. Well, that covers the Doncaster match. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll cover the Wednesday news and preview Charlton Athletic and Burton Albion. 
now it's time for some Wednesday news. Before we get to the Wednesday news, I had a fun little game I wanted to play with our uh, with our co-host this week. So, as you may know, the last time Sheffield Wednesday came from behind, away from Hillsborough, February 6, 2016, against Birmingham. Uh, they had a starting 11. They used all three substitutions. How many of the 14 players on that game can you name? One. <laughs> One, Patty. <laughs> Gary Hooper. Scored both Who goals. Scored both goals. Yeah, yeah. Funny, funny, funny. Um, I'm going to say Forestieri. Forestieri, yeah, that's two. Uh, Glenn Lubens. Glenn Lubens. Uh, Glenn Lubens did not play this game. He was hurt. Um, Tom Lees. Kieran Westwood. Tom Lees, Kieran Westwood, yes. Ross Wallace. Ross Wallace, yeah. This is the good old days. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Kieran Lee. Uh, Kieran Lee, I assume, was hurt because he did not play. But Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon, yeah. Um, Jack Hunt. Jack Hunt, yes. Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer did not play. I don't even think it was. It was on the bench. I, I looked at the Morgan bench. Fox. I'm actually sitting this. I'm actually sitting this one out. I tweeted out this. What about that? About um, I tweeted Czech this out line about a month ago. Um, what are you saying, Tommy? The 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 defender from uh, Czech Republic. Uh, yes, Pudil. Daniel Pudil. Pudil. Yes, yeah. He was there. Okay, that's good. So we've got. Uh, yeah, so you need uh, Hutchinson. Was he in the midfield? Hutchinson was in mid- mid- midfield. Yeah. So we need a right winger, a left winger. Sorry. You need, um, so you have not gotten any of the subs yet. You oh, need on. uh, one midfielder and one center back in addition to that. So Tom Lees, right? So Tom Lees, yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, bro, um, Sasso? Vincent, I'm impressed you got that, to be perfectly honest. Yes, Vincent Sasso oh, was the other Sasso. starting center back. That's center back, okay. Yeah. Um, so you need... Uh, yeah, so you need one midfielder and then the three subs. Center midfielders. Burn. I've tried to block all this person out of my brain, I assume. Yes, uh, you have, probably. Tomato? <laughs> Did you say tomato already? Uh, Samato was an unused substitute on the bench. Oh, uh, oh, uh, wasn't George Boyd, was it? it wasn't it? This is before George Boyd, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Oh, it no. wasn't the Swiss guy who never played. Um, no, Abdi. <laughs> no, we Hope were, we were very excited when they signed this player, Patty. That was narrowed down. <laughs> We're excited about most signings. So yeah. that playing for us. Um, oh, fuck. Jordan Rhodes. Again, way before Jordan Rhodes. Twenty sixteen. This is the yeah. This is the Wembley year. Oh, is it? February twenty sixteen. Yes. Oh yeah, it is. I thought it was the season after. Um, Jeremy Halan. Nope, not Jeremy Halan. I think he's also an unused substitute. Um, I don't know. You got misery, I think. Lucas Joao. Uh, Lucas Joao, I believe, is also an unused sub. So, uh, the other starting midfielder was Aiden McGeady. 
Oh, wow. I wouldn't forget in a million And then years. Both, both Hutch and Westwood had to be subbed off in the first half for injuries, which brought on uh, Lewis Price, which we were never going to get, and uh, Lewis McGugan. Oh, uh, McGugan. And then, got, New, got... and then New Hio came on for McGeady when they were chasing the game. I'd have gone. I'd have gotten Magoo good enough for about another hour or so of that. I think. Yeah. Well, we don't have that much time, Pat. We got to go on to the Wednesday news. Uh, and on to the Wednesday news, we shall. Uh, the Action Stanley fixture has been rescheduled for March fifteenth, midweek. So March will now have probably like ten games and however many weeks. Uh, already mentioned, Jordan Story made the team of the week. This is the last podcast in February. So does anyone want to throw out their uh, February player of the month suggestions? I'll go with the guy that went team in the league, Jordan Story. Yeah, that's a fair choice. Uh, I got to say the Wongo. Wongo's a good one too. Byers has yeah, been really it, good this month too. They have a lot of options. Too. Yeah, it's been great. You got to throw uh, Marcelo in there right? too, yeah. Yeah, we have four clean sheets at the beginning of uh, the month, right? And that's when Jordan's story started. Yeah. That's was, fine. Yeah, so I, I'm going to give him the, the, the due on this one. Yep. Nice yeah. options, though, isn't it? I'll tell you what, February's been a good month. <laughs> yes. February, we've had it. We got a possible of 21 points that we could get out of out of February right now. And we've already gotten 15. I mean, which is yeah. more points than we've scored in any other month so far this campaign. And we've likely, because wait, wait, so yeah, there's probably games postponed too as well, so that doesn't count against us. We've basically, we're the second most formed team in the league again, behind Rotherham. We've, uh, we've won six and eight, is it? I don't know. Yeah, That's a lot. Yeah. We do have a general injury update. Uh, Ayrf and Dunkley are back in training. It sounds like Mendez, Lang, and Harley Dean are at least a few weeks away. Hutch is injury is a little bit more minor and should be back soon potentially available for selection at the weekend, but they decided to play it safe. Uh, Gregory also a few weeks away. Good time to get the squad healthy, hopefully. Not that I... Uh... No, I actually thought... Uh... I thought Brendan was pretty good at the weekend, too, so they have had some fair center-back cover, although that uh hopefully not be as much of an issue going forward. And going forward, we shall. And we'll start with the Charlton preview this weekend at the Riverdon Stadium. Take it away, Patty. I've renamed Hills with the Riverdon Stadium, because that's what's going to be left of it by the time we start playing on Saturday. Just going to be the banks of the Riverdon. Uh, Charlton Athletic, nickname, The Addicts. They don't have to take a stab at why they're called The Addicts. I don't think you'll ever get this in a million years, but any, any guesses? Is it like Can some... you spell Addicts for us? A-D-D-I-C-K-S. Is there that's some good weird uh, regional British accent that makes Athletic sound like Attic? You are close with the weird accent that's <laughs> transformed it from a normal word to uh, this ridiculous word. Uh, apparently, um, there was a local chip shop owner uh, back in the day that used to reward the team with haddock and chips uh, when they win a game. And somehow haddock and chips got transformed over the years from haddock to addock to addicts. <laughs> So, so they're just the hats, basically, is what you're saying. Makes yes. It's another League One yes. fish team. <laughs> yes. So the Khan like, Army, ah, the we... shrimps, we now have the haddocks. Yeah. yeah, so they are the haddocks. Uh, they currently lie 16th in the league. They've lost four in the bounce. Um, we've got uh, Johnny Jackson as the uh, permanent manager now. He took over from Nigel Adkins at the end of uh, last year, pretty much. Uh, 
last week I, when I was on preview duty, I said that um, Rotherham had a, a very bad record of yellow cards. There was some like 60 yellow cards in the course of the yes, season. Yes, yes. I, I found that actually that is average, 60-odd. But actually the worst team in the league for yellow cards is Charlton Athletic. They've got 84 yellow cards and two red cards. So they're the dirtiest team in the league. Um, speaking of dirty, Sean Clare uh, is um, ex-Owl that plays Charlton Athletic. He won't play against us at the weekend, though. He's serving a three-game ban as per the <laughs> One of the two team red league. Cards. <laughs> <laughs> he got sent, sent off for um, Argy Bargy with a striker, Millwall. Well, I mean, fair, fair, fair play if it's Millwall, you know. You're... Yeah, I mean, 30 team league against Millwall, what's going to happen? <laughs> um, they had, they have two good strikers. This is the mystery. I was, I was alluding to this mystery in the WhatsApp group earlier on. They have two good strikers, 16 goals between them, Stockley and Washington. Uh, but uh, Stockley hasn't played since the beginning of the year, and I can't find anything about him being injured, so he's just disappeared into thin air, I think. Uh, Connor Washington, a uh, Northern Irish guy, hasn't played for the last four or five games either, so they might be without their two best strikers. And uh, You don't know reason, anyone that roots for Charlton at this point? I do, but he's on the West Coast, and yeah. he says he doesn't follow them anymore. Oh, that's <laughs> I right. Tried, I, remember I tried to get yeah, him last yeah, time. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. He had a baby, so that's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? If someone knows why they're not playing, let me know. Uh, they play variation on three one four two or three five two. They tend to chop and change a little bit. Actually, we played them last at the beginning of the season, the very first game of the season. We drew nil nil with them away. I don't remember this. If you can, if you can remember that. I, I kind of remember Patterson being carried off the field oh, early. Oh, yeah, that was that game. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> it's it was, but it was the quintessential nil nil first opener. Okay. <laughs> I can remember that. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, they're a bad run of form. We're a good run of form. Uh, I thought I'd open it up to predictions. Um, we're at home, as I say. Again, the banks were overdone. So, what do you think? <laughs> um, like, look, they're 16th in the league. They're in bad form. They don't have their first two choice strikers for mysterious reasons. Uh, you got to win that game. I'm going 3 0. Do you think 3 0? I got 1 0, but it's one of the more comfortable 1 0s we've had lately. Tommy. Uh, I think it's probably going to be, I'm going to say 3-1 again. And uh, fun fact, uh, last time we got promoted, we got promoted with Charlton. Uh, that's not going to happen this year. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Can we get a 5-5? We get a five, five, like, uh, was it Wickham against Cheltenham or whatever it was this week? Uh, you want to go for that? 5-5? Five, 5-5. Five. Five, five. Five, five, right. yeah. Put some money in it, folks. All right, yeah. so then we move on to uh, Burton at the new crown Sheffield on Sea Stadium. <laughs> um, uh, the Brewers again, we played them 18 days ago, I think yeah. 17 days ago, actually, yeah. if we're going on uh, Tuesday. Um, Byers and So scored. Um, our first ever win against the Brewers. And got the fifth time of asking. They're currently 13th in the league. Uh, again, not great form. They've won one in the last six. They've drawn a few, lost a couple. Uh, almost won today against Sunderland until uh, the 93rd minute. I do like every time someone in the WhatsApp group says, oh, the results are going good and posts the results, it immediately switches. (laughs) So as soon as someone said like, oh, look, Burton's beaten Sunderland. I'm like, oh, this is not going to like Sunderland's going to score. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Just wait till 445. It's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to rush Well, today. You you can even wait till the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah. Today's Sunderland game was like um, 30 minute delay due to a fan incident again, yeah. uh, which seems to happen every week at the moment. They have delayed it. So, so 4 by 5 this will be 30 minutes to go, I think. Hmm. Um, 
So uh, Burton, Jimmy Fly Hasselbank back in charge, as we know from last preview. Um, they play a 4 2 3 1, press high. Um, midfield, like number 10 pushes up. Uh, these are Justin's notes. You might be able to tell a bit more detail than my usual notes. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's got back into 4 4 1 1. I not a lot has changed in the last 18 days, Fanny. No, amaz- amazingly not. They still haven't replaced their two strikers that they sold in, uh, in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know, one striker and uh, the defensive midfielder who scored uh, about 12 goals between them. Um, one of those was Daniel Jevinson, who went back to the, uh, the Piggies. Um, so again, we're playing two teams back to back. They've lost their two top scorers, so it's good omens, right? They play direct long balls, uh, good in the air. Not so that's something to look at. If you watched the game 18 days ago, you probably know how they play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've forgotten though. It's good to have Justin's I, notes. I don't remember. I, they won, I, so I remember like so scored off his thigh on the Bannon. Uh, it was two very short range yeah, goals. Got to tap in, yeah. Yeah, followed it up after his uh, worldy the, the week before. So yeah, it's another winnable game at home. Uh, if there's a home to speak of, and it's been washed away, washed away by the dawn. <laughs> Predictions. I like. It. Yeah, again, it's. You look at the run-in they have really before the last two games, which are like Wickham and uh, MK Dons. Everything's set up really well for them to have it all done and dusted by the time they have to play MK Dons and Wickham. So. Just got to take care of the games in front of them. Just keep getting results. Results in this case being wins at home to uh, Charlton and Burton. Six of our next eight games are at home, by the way. Yeah, because yeah. everything's gotten pushed back. Yeah. Sorry for the lag. 4-0. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with the 1-0, but one of those comfortable 1-0s we've been having lately. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for 5-1. Uh, uh, the ball uh, it drifts into the goal on the current of the tr- River Don as it <laughs> blows through the stadiums. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I, I will agree with Mike. It'll be 1-0. Uh, I'm going to go with Massimo Luongo. Fires one from outside the box. Hits a giant puddle. Uh, blinds the goalkeeper. And then rolls in. <laughs> Do we have any other business, Patty? A big one. Mm. Big one, Jeff. And it involves someone on this call, uh, if you can still hear us through the lag of the internet he has in South Carolina. Uh, our friend Tommy Byrne uh, turns the big 5-0 on Friday this week. Tommy, congratulations, sir, for making it this far. How are you intending to celebrate? Thank you, sir. I'm, uh, I'm celebrating by uh, uh, having the very last gig with my band. And uh, my daughter is actually flying in from New York for it. Uh, my sister is also flying in from New York, and I have a cousin flying in from California just to celebrate my 50th with me. And uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna tear the town up. So <laughs> it's amazing that awesome. you made it to 50 as a Wednesday fan, and the team has not killed you yet. So cheers! <laughs> yeah, that that. <laughs> the- Happy birthday, Tommy! Thank Thanks, you so Tommy. much. Have a great day. Um, Mike has just put in the agenda, something that we really should be announcing. <laughs> That's good. Just, this is why Mike's on the call. Promote a major upcoming <laughs> event for the show, yes. Maybe solicit input. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, another big announcement to make, um, slightly in the shadow of uh, Tommy's five zero, is that we will be having a chat with uh, none other than Liam Palmer, our um, sponsor for the year, um, next week. Hopefully, if all going well, we've got booked in for next Monday. Um, if you have a question for Liam Palmer, you would like us to ask on the podcast, uh, please send us an email or a tweet. Uh, we are at owlsamericas at gmail.com and owlsamericas on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, this is uh, an Owls America sponsor, so everyone that's part of Owls America is, uh, is involved. So um, please uh, get involved. We'll ask Liam some questions. We'll have a chat with him and we'll put it on the podcast next week and uh, on YouTube, hopefully, too. As Patty said, you can get in contact with the show at allsamericas.com. Email the show at allsamericas at gmail.com. Find us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at allsamericas. This has been episode 168 of the Owls Americas. Our, pal- our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday it's Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Tommy, I'd like to put here, Tommy is on Twitter, and I actually should know this, uh, what Tommy is on Twitter. At. Tommy, where are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at, uh, at Tom, Coach Tom, Tom Wed. Yeah, Coach Tom Wed. That's right. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was back when I was coaching when uh, when I got my twitter handle <laughs> mike is on twitter at cascadia owls patty is on twitter at patty a jones and at new york owls i'm on twitter at jeff Paternostro, and we will see you back here for a chat with liam palmer and probably some other stuff next week <laughs>